Hello friends, uh, Eric from Hit Subscribe here, and um, I am doing yet another installment of the kind of beginner freelancer questions series that um, we've been rolling along with over the last, uh, gosh, two or three months now. I'm having fun with it. By the way, if you have questions, feel free to make a comment or DM me if you're in the Hit Subscribe Slack, whatever you want. Um, it's fun answering these. Today's question is, Basically, I forget the exact way it was phrased, but like, you know, I'm starting out, should I be a sole proprietor, form an LLC, like S-Corp, what do I do? Um, so I thought I'd walk through that in some detail today. I do want to offer a caveat like I do with a lot of these videos, um, but this one's a little stronger. So when it comes to like, should you enlist a lawyer to like create a contract for you or something, I have some opinions there, and those are more subjective matters. There is a lot of nuance um, in terms of the way the different uh, corporate entities work. And I am not a professional in these. I have experience directly with three different styles of entity. Um, so again, I do have applied field experience, but in this particular instance, I'm going to go with what I know. And if I'm not sure on something, I'll call it out as I go along, but view this video as a jumping off point. I'm gonna give you the basics and it's surprisingly complex how all this works. I'll get to this in a minute. I'm going to demystify it up front. But if you were to like chime in live and ask me questions like um, about the finer points of comparing some of these entities, there are things here that I don't know. But I know enough about them and your choices to kind of give you a, what I think of as a helpful rundown here. So understand, use this video as a jumping off point to go maybe do a little more research if you're so inclined. Uh, I will round it out by saying if you're a freelancer, I have a definite opinion as to what sort of entity you should form, and I'll share that with you. Um, but I want to be clear that there is a lot of depth to this topic. And if you find yourself um, needing to go down the rabbit hole, do some research, maybe even um, depending on the, on the style of incorporation you might want to do, you could consult with somebody that's a, a lawyer or a tax professional about this. So caveats out of the way, um, let's explain some things here. Now, there are four uh, things that I'll cover today. Those are sole proprietorship, uh, limited liability company, LLC, uh, sole, or S Corp and C Corp. And the S and C, in case you're curious, have to do with the chapter of tax filing or something. So there isn't some <clears throat> mysterious uh, acronym that that is. It just has to do with bureaucracy. So S Corp and C Corp. I'm going to talk about those things today, but first let me um, explain why um, these things tend to be as confusing as they do. And the reason for that is when you go to form an entity, you don't just form that entity in the framework or in the context of, of a legal thing. So you don't just go to the state and say, I'm forming an LLC or I'm forming an uh, S-Corp. You also have to think through how you're going to be taxed. So um, the government kind of makes this in some ways as confusing as humanly possible because um, there are almost your business is looked at through two different lenses. One is what legal entity are you, meaning um, legal in the sense of like how do the partners in the business interact, what is required of you from a legal perspective, and the other being how the uh, state tax and, and IRS looks at you. So how are you filing your taxes? And to make matters doubly confusing, you can actually have a business that incorporates as one and sort of identifies as the other. For example, hit subscribe is incorporated legally as an LLC, but we are taxed as an S corporation. And I'll talk a little bit more about 
the reasoning behind some of that stuff later. But um, I'm mentioning all that up front because there are four different like buckets here, but you can actually be one in the legal context and another one in the IRS context. And that's why, you know, this can get uh, more confusing than it might seem. Um, one of the biggest uh, things there has to do with um, two basic kinds of taxation that can happen to you. Uh, and this is the idea of pass-through taxation versus double taxation. Uh, if you form a C-Corp, then what happens is that's the only style of corporate entity that gets taxed as if it were a human. So let's say you go and form a C-Corp, you earn profits, uh, the business gets taxed on those profits. And then is, if you as a shareholder take money out of the C-Corp, you get taxed personally. So this is known as double taxation. You as the business owner pay tax both on your profits and then on your individual income taxes on those profits. So um, a lot of nuance has emerged, including this S-Corp idea on ways to kind of get around that. Um, so that's just something to bear in mind as I go through this. So hopefully those clarification points up front as to the nuance are too intimidating, but let's talk a little bit about um, what these four things actually are. And um, I will uh, kind of talk about it from a legal and tax perspective briefly on each one. And then I'll go through after that and sort of talk about why you might do each one and how they would work. So the first thing is a sole proprietorship and a sole proprietorship is the default situation if you just start transacting business as a human being. Uh, you don't do anything to form a sole proprietorship. If you do nothing and somebody's sending you a check for services rendered, you are a sole proprietor, whether you had any idea that was true or not. Sole proprietor is doing business as an individual. The next thing is a limited liability company. And basically this is the kind of most lightweight way to incorporate. You just um, file some paperwork with the state and declare that you or you and some partners are a limited liability company. I once did this in um, something like 20 minutes. I'll, um, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll link to a video, uh, link to it a few times, but this is easy to do. So a uh, limited liability company essentially just um, establishes an entity that separates your um, personal dealings from a legal perspective from your business dealings. And this has an important um, piece of protection which is that if you form a limited liability company, it's called a limited liability company because it shields you from personal liability that your business might incur. So if there's some issue that happens and somebody sues your business, your limited liability company, they can't pierce on through there and go repossess your car if the business loses the lawsuit. Unless um, there is a situation where that happens that has to do with like criminal malfeasance, but anyway. For the most part, they can't do that. Um, so the next thing is a C-Corp, and that's kind of the default. I'm, I'm sort of going in order, I guess, in some senses of complexity. A C-Corp is the default thing that you would file or you would do if you were incorporating as a corporation. So the C-Corp versus the LLC, the LLC limited liability company, the C-Corp is a corporation. And this is where you're incurring the double taxation concept. Um, and there are things that you have to do to form a corporation that are above and beyond what you do with an LLC, which is a lighter weight sort of incorporation. With a, a corporation, you have to form like operating agreements. Um, you have to issue shares of stock to the owners of the business. 
Um, there are some other requirements that I, I forget the exact details, but typically if you're getting into the territory of forming a corporation versus an LLC, that's where you're probably going to want to enlist a lawyer to get started. A C corporation or an S corp, you're probably not doing that in 20 minutes the way I have done with LLCs. Um, there is stuff going on there that's a little above and beyond. And then there's finally the S corp, which is another form of corporation, but the S corp is sort of a unique, um, entity that's like a pared down C corp where you have to do dirt certain things. And there are certain restrictions, like the number of shares you can issue, the number of, uh, people involved, where those people are located. If you meet all of those requirements, what the S corp is, is it's like a C corp, except you don't have that double taxation. It goes into pass through taxation mode. So, Having given a brief explanation of what each of these things are, let me kind of revisit them and talk about why people do these. <clears throat> so first of all, the sole proprietorship, I think the most common reason people do this is because they don't know any better or their business interests are like super limited. So for instance, let's say that you are an author for hit subscribe or an editor QA person for hit subscribe and all you really do is earn you know a few hundred dollars extra a month doing work for hit subscribe then you might not really want to um worry too much about going to the effort and incurring the filing fees of forming a corporate entity if hit subscribe is your only um customer we're not particularly litigious like we're not coming after you you're not earning all that much extra money in the grand scheme of things then something like a sole proprietorship kind of makes a lot of sense you're not incurring much liability um, you're not making so much money that there's significant tax implications to what you're doing. So maybe why go through all the effort of setting up an entity and maintaining it and learning how all this stuff works. So there are perfectly valid reasons to form a sole proprietorship beyond just, I don't know any better. Well, form a sole, I mean, just to continue operating as a sole proprietor. It, it's not just that you don't know any better. It could be that you're making a very con conscious and rational decision not to incur the overhead associated uh, with an LLC to say nothing of the other um, forms of corporation. So generally speaking, the main motivation for a sole proprietorship is like simplicity and a lack of legal exposure. If the scope of business that you're going to be doing is pretty limited and you're not really looking to uh, go into business for yourself full time or anything like that, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. That said, um, the next thing up, uh, up or the next level of complexity, the LLC, um, this usually is where your business dealings are starting to become somewhat significant or you anticipate that they will be somewhat significant. Establishing an LLC, um, it gives you legal protection and it also gives you a separation between a business entity and your personal entity that doesn't exist. Now, I talked about this idea of pass-through taxation and I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment, um, but that just means a specific way of incurring personal income tax, it doesn't, the pass through doesn't apply to like legal concerns. So it isn't that the LLC has no entity, everything passes through, it's just um, the way that the IRS treats you and your income passes through. So the LLC creates the separation of your business interests from your personal interests, and that's important for a few reasons. Um, one is maybe simple bookkeeping, another is it becomes easier if you have an LLC to categorize certain things as business expenses. Um, so you, you have these separate bank accounts and um, 
it, well, assuming I would recommend if you set up an LLC to set up bank accounts for it. And so it gets easier to, you know, say that anything you're um, doing in the business's finances, income that you take in and also expenses you incur. Um, <clears throat> if you're a freelancer, you know, that might be like certain kinds of membership sites or uh, if you're paying for like uh, customer relationship management software, things of that nature, you are paying for those right out of your business account. Keeping all of that financially separate um, makes your bookkeeping easier, makes taxes easier. And then, of course, there is the advantage of um, not being able to incur personal liability for whatever might happen with the business. So an LLC is a good idea in general for anybody who is currently doing or intends to do like non-trivial business interaction. It doesn't, unless you're in like California or Illinois or some really you know, tax grabby states, it's not overly expensive. I think in Michigan, it's like $50 to incorporate, $25 a year after that. It varies all over the place, but I think even the most expensive states, you're talking about max a $500 fee maybe for California. So if you're gonna be doing non-trivial business, I would go do an LLC. Um, S Corp, or I'm sorry, uh, let me go and stay symmetrical and talk about the C Corp, um, how this works and why you would do it. A C Corp is a good thing to do if you have even loftier or grander ambitions. So if you are going to try to raise capital, if you're going to um, sell your business, often the way that, the thing that you will do before doing either one of those things if you have an LLC or if you're a sole proprietor is to convert to a C-Corp um, because that tends to be table stakes for investors and acquirers. Um, that's not the only reason that you would do it. Um, you might want to incur that double taxation structure um, for any number of reasons that I won't go into. Um, from a legal perspective, there's also the kind of advantage of if you're going into business with several people, just doing an LLC and saying, hey, we're each 33% partners or whatever, that can get um, a little bit dicey, you know, where uh, you say, hey, we're all doing this thing, we're gonna pass through all the income, we're equal shareholders. Well, voting can get weird, especially if it's like 50-50, like how do you settle disputes like that? Well, if you form a corporation, you draft an operating agreement, you have um, uh, certain protocols that are enforced, you issue shares, so you kind of have to define how do we resolve disputes, how does buyouts work if, if some of the partners want to buy out the other partner. All of that you're sort of forced to define up front if you incorporate properly. So I would suggest that if you're going into business with people that are uh, super close to you or, or you anticipate that things like that could become contentious or that the shares of the business are going to be significantly valuable, that even if you are good friends, it's all cute when you're talking about $5,000 a month in income, but if, you know, God bless, your business grows to being worth millions upon millions of dollars, those little disagreements are cute. Um, so up front, you might want to define all of that stuff and get a little more formal. Finally, the S-Corp, why would you do this? Um, tax avoidance basically is one of the main reasons. Uh, the double taxation is a bummer. Unless, I think there are certain circumstances where it could be something you'd want. Um, this, again, gets to the edge of my knowledge and into your specific use case. But I do know that a common reason that people would opt for an S-Corp instead of a C-Corp is to get that passed through taxation instead of incurring the double taxation. So there are certain tax advantages to be an S-Corp. Um, there are certain criteria you have to meet. I don't think foreign corporations, like corporations out of the U.S. that are establishing themselves can incorporate as S-Corps. I think that they need to be C-Corps. Um, 
And then there's restrictions on the complexity of the S-Corp arrangement, the number of shares that you issue, et cetera. So basically think of an S-Corp as a subset kind of of the C-Corp that you can qualify for if a bunch of circumstances are true. And when you qualify for it, um, you then get a certain kind of tax advantage. So um, that's how all of those things work and why people would do them. Um, I guess to get back to hit subscribe, the, the reason um, that we do what we do in LLC filing is an S-Corp, uh, it has to do with the idea of, well, I mean, to be blunt, it's um, partially about avoiding something called self-employment tax. So if you form an LLC, like say you have a nine to five job and you're working for your employer, if you get a paycheck at stub and you look at it, it's going to have things on there that are um, FICA. So you, you have your federal tax, you have your state tax, but then there's um, social security and payment into Medicaid, I think, and um, maybe federal unemployment. I forget what all the FICA taxes are, but those FICA taxes, your employer pays half of them and you pay half of them. So now you say, Hey, I'm done uh, working for the man. I'm going to go hang out my shingle and uh, I'm going to earn money just through my own business. Well, as far as the IRS is concerned, as far as these state entities are concerned, you are now an employee and you're also the employer. So they come and say, Hey, you know how your employer was paying half of um, these taxes before, now you owe both halves. And that's kind of colloquially known as self-employment tax. So you're paying extra tax, if you will, compared to an employee on um, these things like federal unemployment and Social Security and Medicaid. So that applies to regular salaried income, so to speak, or regular um, earned income. If you then file as an S-corporation, you're an LLC legally and you file as an S corporation. Well, now that you're, uh, it would also apply to a C corporation, but now that you are filing as a corporation, you get to take out what are known as distributions or dividends. You become a shareholder in your business. And like, if you go out and buy Starbucks stock or something, that stock pays dividends. Well, you can pay yourself in dividends. So if you form an LLC and then file as an S corp, you can do something where you say, well, I'm going to take out half of my income in salary and I'm gonna take out the other half in dividends. You don't pay um, these FICA taxes on dividends. So depending on certain things, you can be an LLC and file as an S-Corp um, and reduce that self-employment tax burden. Now, the burden that you will incur in order to do this is you start needing to meaningfully distinguish between your salary and what you're taking out in dividends. That means that you need to start running payrolls and paying yourself an actual salary. And it could be that the savings you have on self-employment tax is more than offset by the cost of getting a payroll provider and taking care of all this stuff. So it isn't a no-brainer to form an LLC and, and file as a corporation. It's a good idea in certain circumstances. Um, the best circumstance is if you're starting to earn enough income that you can um, pay yourself a reasonable salary and then take the rest out in distributions. So meaning, let's say that you form a business and it becomes extremely successful. You're the CEO of a business and um, your business is earning enough profit that you could take home $300,000 a year. What you can't do is go to the IRS and say, yeah, I'm running a payroll and I'm paying myself $8,000 a year in salary and I'm taking out $292,000 a year in um, distributions and dividends because the IRS is going to say, 
boy, that doesn't seem like a reasonable salary for uh, an entity as profitable as yours. I think a CEO should be making, you know, 200K a year or something. So when you're doing this distinction between a corporation and LLC for tax purposes, one of the litmus tests that can get applied on audit is, are you paying yourself a reasonable salary? So in a sense, it's perfectly valid to say, yes, I am both the shareholder owner of this business and an employee who collects a salary, but you have to be careful. You can't run too much of a scam or they will catch on to that and um, come after you. Now for us personally, what I do is pay um, us as the shareholders, Amanda and me, reasonable salary. Uh, and I err on the side of paying more in salary than collecting in distributions because I don't need the headache of an audit. But you are entitled, if you're paying yourself a reasonable salary, to take out the rest in distributions. You don't have to pay yourself every dime that your business makes in salary. Um, so anyway, that's the reasoning that I had for originally... Um, I think hit subscribe, we were always filing as an S-Corp, but when I used to run my consulting practice, DedTech, for a lot of years, that was just an LLC. I didn't file as anything other than, well, I didn't uh, elect to file as a corporation. I just did everything as pass-through. I stopped doing that and started filing an S-Corp election. Um, I think when DedTech hit a certain threshold of income, where basically there was enough to pay myself a salary and then have more. But I would recommend not worrying too much about this. So let me kind of close out with those of you who are freelancers. Here is exactly what I would recommend you do. If you're just going to do a little bit of moonlighting for a pretty low risk kind of thing, and that's all you ever want to do, you maybe don't bother with the paperwork. That said, I'd err on the side of starting an LLC. It's not super expensive. It's good experience. It gives you a nice separation of your concerns. So make that LLC and then basically stay as an LLC. Don't worry about all this other stuff, which is complicated, until you start to pay like an injurious amount of self-employment tax, where you're like, man, I sure owe the IRS a lot of money. That's actually what triggered it years ago for me with DedTech, is I was doing my personal taxes um, and realized I would owe the IRS like $5,000. So I started to look into this. I worked with a firm and we did this retroactive S-Corp election, which saved me a good bit of money. Um, so until you have an inflection point like that, I would suggest continuing to run as an LLC. Those inflection points might be owing the government a good amount of tax that you might not need to pay. Another one might be that you start to take on um, not just subcontractors in your business, but employees. So if you're going to be running payroll anyway and incurring that complexity, that's another good trigger point to say, hey, maybe we should file as one of these other types of businesses. So um, I would run as an LLC indefinitely. You could maybe start filing your taxes as an S-Corp um, once you hit one of these inflection points. The only other inflection point that you might get to is if you're going to raise capital or you intend to sell your business. Once that happens, you're probably going to want to um, convert to a C-Corp. So that's the gist of it. Um, that is my take on these different entities, which one I would pick and why, and kind of how all they, how all they work. I promise you there are nuances that I haven't covered here in terms of the operating agreements and all the kind of details on taxes. What you're getting is that I have direct experience in some form or another with three of the four forms here. Um, and this is my take and advice based on that experience and just kind of general knowledge of how these things work. Hopefully that's been helpful and I will catch you next time.